Hello, thank you for listening to this podcast. My name is Stephen Cook, and this is a talk for Palm Sunday, although I guess you could listen to it at any time. It's hard to know how to feel on Palm Sunday. On the one hand, we want to join in with the praise of the people as Jesus rode into Jerusalem, sing Hosanna in the same way. On the other, we know that this is the beginning of Holy Week. Jesus is entering the city that is going to kill him, the place where he's going to be betrayed by one of his closest friends and deserted by the rest of them, the place of pain, but because we know how the story goes on, also the place of triumph. I thought I'd take this opportunity to talk about worship. On the first Palm Sunday, Jesus was worshipped as Messiah by the crowds with their branches and cloaks, but we know that it was shallow. They wanted him to be king on their terms, and when he wouldn't be that kind of king, their worship evaporated. So maybe this is a good time to look at ourselves and our worship of God. I was once asked by a young teenager, why does God want to be worshipped? Isn't that a bit weird? It was a question that has struck in my mind because at the time I didn't have an answer. I never thought to ask myself that question. We can all think of people who want to be worshipped and it's not an endearing personality trait. It is, frankly, a bit weird. When people want to be worshipped it's because there's something missing in them which needs to be filled by the reassurance that others think they're wonderful. So what are we doing when we get together and sing Hosanna or My God, How Wonderful Thou Art? Why would God want that? Is there something missing in God that needs to be filled with our praises? Well, of course not. So what are we doing? It seems as if Jesus saw what's happening that first Palm Sunday as the fulfilment of a prophecy. He was claiming for himself the status of Messiah in Zechariah. Behold, your king comes to you, humble and riding on a donkey. Jesus was always very secure in himself and what he had come to do. He didn't need the praises of the people, but he knew this was the fulfilment of what had to be. And if they'd stayed silent, the stones themselves would have cried out. So fundamental was this moment. Jesus never courted fame. In fact, he often tried to avoid it because the crowds pressing on in him were a hindrance to his work. He sat light to what people thought about him. And it's amazing when you read the Gospels how direct he could be. So there's no need for us to pander to God's ego when we get our hymn books out on a Sunday morning. That's not what this is about. So what are we doing? Well, first of all, we're restoring a relationship. God is bigger than us. I shouldn't need to say that, but we all need to acknowledge that fact from time to time. Believing in God is not a bolt-on extra to the rest of our lives. If we decide we truly believe in God, it will change us. That's why, in our tradition, worship is nearly always accompanied by confession. We acknowledge that we have not loved God with our whole heart, mind, soul and strength. We look for a way to put God back on the throne. And that can be a hard thing to do because we like being in charge. But actually, when we acknowledge the truth that God is great and we are little, it doesn't make us smaller, it makes us bigger somehow, or at least it makes us small in a good way. We can never have a relationship with a God that we have reshaped to suit us. That's what those people wanted to do on that first Palm Sunday, and that's why their praises melted away. 
when we sing and pray and declare Jesus as Lord, we restore a proper relationship. It's a discipline, and like all disciplines, we sometimes do it because we know we should, rather than because we want to. But like other disciplines, we know that in the end, it will make us better, happier people, because that true relationship with our Creator has been restored. Second, we're declaring Jesus as Lord. A couple of years ago, I don't think I could have told you what the Ukrainian flag looked like. Certainly, I wouldn't have recognised the Ukrainian national anthem. Now we see yellow and blue flags everywhere. When troops recapture a town that was held by the enemy, one of the first things they want to do is hoist the flag from the highest building. When towns are under attack, keeping the flag flying is an act of defiance. It's saying, you don't rule us, not yet. And in our praises, we hoist the flag, which declares that Jesus is Lord. In this place, amongst us, in our lives, the rules of God's kingdom apply. The enemy has no hold over us, as long as we're praising, because Jesus is Lord, and the flag is flying. And thirdly, we're declaring our solidarity with others. There are quite a few war songs in our hymn books. Onward Christian soldiers, fight the good fight, etc, etc. It's important to remember as we're singing them that, as the Bible says, our battle is not with flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Praise is our act of defiance. We say to all that might make us want to give up or weigh us down or bind us in despair that they are a defeated enemy because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Hell's foundations quiver at the shout of praise. Brothers, lift your voices, loud your anthems raise. Old Bering Gould knew how to write a good line. That's why it's important to get together if we possibly can. You can praise on your own, but you can praise in a different way when you get together with other people. The forces of despair hate our combined praises because together we're strong. Palm Sunday comes with a word of warning though. There's a verse in Isaiah which was quoted by Jesus. These people come near to me with their mouth and honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is made up only of rules made by men. It isn't enough to go through the motions. Worship has to be authentic. This isn't about feelings. You can come to God into God's presence with a heavy heart, with an angry heart, even with a rebellious heart. But what you offer has to be authentic, given out of your heaviness, your anger, your rebellion. We're told to worship with our whole heart, which means not just the happy part or the obedient part, but the whole of us. Religion can be a means of control. The idea that there's a right way of doing things and a wrong way, that only if you do things the right way will you be acceptable to God brings religion close to magic. The religious leaders of Jesus' time had very clear ideas about these things and were equally clear that what Jesus was doing was unacceptable. Jesus called them out because for all their head knowledge, their hearts were in the wrong place. The South American preacher Juan Carlos Sotis used to tell the story of how he and his wife were once on a preaching tour overseas, having left their three children in the care of their grandparents. They arrived at one host's home to find a letter waiting for them from the children. Each one had drawn a picture. The eldest was quite elaborate, the middle one a picture of their family. The two-year-old's was just a scribble on the page. 
Juan Carlos and his wife danced around in delight, showing them to their hosts, who were polite but bemused. To them they were just children's drawings. But to the Ortizes, they were the most beautiful thing in the world. And that, he ends the story, is how God feels about your worship. The angels in heaven can sing much better than you, but only you can offer the worship of your heart. Your scribbled praises are worth more than the world to him. Our praises will always be inadequate, but if they're authentic, they will delight God's heart. They will restore a right relationship. They will declare that Jesus is Lord of our lives and they will unite us in our declaration of defiance in the face of the powers of darkness. Hosanna means save us. It puts our trust in the one who can. May our praises today and each day this week come from our hearts so that we prepare the way for Jesus by laying down our lives, not just palm branches. May God bless this word to us. Amen.